So today we, uh, we are going to do things a little bit different. I'm going to preach, but as you can see, the worship team have not gone to sit down. They're still up here because the desire of my heart is not for us to spend time uh, in a preach, not for us to spend time um, with, our, with ourselves, with our own focus, as, as JJ was saying, but that our focus will turn to Jesus because it's about the king and his kingdom. Tyron Daniel always says, we want to make the main one the main thing. And that's something I'd like for us today, is that we make the main one Jesus. The main one, that we make him the main thing. The series that we're busy with is indeed Behold the King. And the first part of that of the series is indeed the king. So I'm going to spend a bit of time telling us a little bit about the king. Um, the worship team can get comfortable, find a seat, get, get comfortable, and we will, uh, at, at the end, we will then start to worship, and we will, at that point, the, they will already be here. So we will move from preach into into worship. We're not going to, there's not going to be a stop start on, on this. So we know that there's like a major theme in the Bible, the gospel message. We know that Jesus is from Genesis to Revelation. We'll find Jesus throughout the scriptures. That's, that's not me, is it? I hope not. I hope it's not my phone ringing. Um, if it's your phone, you've got to put it off. <laughs> So the gospel message is like the main uh, theme for us as Christians. But there's another very important theme that I'd like to touch on today. And that's the theme of the kingdom. The, uh, um, it's not just the kingdom. It's his kingdom. And a kingdom will have a king. And that's the theme that we want to be talking about today. So let me bring into our thoughts, into our minds, a little bit of the history of the kings of that time. We, if you were to read in 1 Samuel chapter 8, I'm not, that scripture is not coming up, but um, if you were to go and check what, what happened at this time, um, the 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 the, the, the conversation between Samuel and God, between the nation and Samuel, and Samuel and God and the nation, and Sam that conversation all took place in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 8. And the Israel, Israelites wanted a king. They so wanted a king. And then they would ask Samuel, give us a king. God, give us a king. But God wanted to be their king. He wanted them to serve him. No, but the, all the other nations have kings. We also want a king. This is not a good idea, God would tell. Because if you had a king, 
and in uh, chapter 8, it'll, uh, it uh, uh, spends a bit of time saying what this king will do. And nothing of that is good. Even to this very day, whoever power is something that elevates man and or woman, and then the more power, the more the more uh, corrupt we bec- uh, we seem to become. And so that was something that God was warning them about. But they just wanted this. I'd like to just right here share a little bit of a side note. And this has got nothing to do really with this message, but very much to do with, with us. Tyron teaches that God is not committed to our dreams or our thing. God is not committed to that. He's committed to his purpose. And if we read uh, Proverbs, you're going to find a lot of scripture today. It'll all appear on the um, on, on the on the screen behind me. So Proverbs chapter 19 verse 21, uh, it gives you an opportunity. I don't need to spend too much time on the on the scripture in, in finding it, etc. If you're making notes, you know where to find it. It'll be it'll be there. Hopefully, yeah, it's there. Um, reads as follows: Many are the plans in the mind of man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. God's call and God's purpose never changes. We change, he doesn't change. The Bible says, though he is new every morning, but he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So there's this this bit of a tug of war in terms of his, his new every morning, but he never changes. His call, his purpose never changes. Uh, and this is a truth that we need to grasp. It's a truth that we need to understand that... Um, the reality is we, that we don't need more from him. We need more of him. That is the reality for each one of us as believers. Now, seeing, I'm back on the story now, seeing how the nation of Israel so, were so demanding of a king, eventually God said, okay, you'll have a king. And exactly what he said is what happened. And we will read. So some kings were a little bit better than others. Seems as though the eight-year-old kings were sometimes better than the, than, than the older, older kings. I, I, I never understood that somebody starts to reign at eight. I've got an eight-year-old granddaughter, and there's no reigning in this that I can take serious. But nonetheless, this is what happens when all of a sudden, we, we're going we're gonna to carry on with, with uh, living life like this. If only the people had listened to God. If only they had continued to have him as their, as their king. If they had only taken note and listened to his voice. Problem is, that it's very hard to hear God's voice when I already know what I want him to say. We sometimes will pick up a scripture and think this is the word of God and this is what God says in the word and so it must be. We don't give thought to the fact that when God answers scripture, it isn't in the way I perceive it to be. I want to now start telling God what's what. He's sovereign. He's God. He's in charge. He is the king. 
So God promises the king of kings. He promises David that, remember first king was Saul and then David was, was anointed from the house of Jesse. And he promises that from this lineage, there will, uh, a, a, a king will be. There will be a um, seated on the, on the throne forever. If you read in, in 2 Samuel uh, 7 to 16, that there will be one who sits on the throne from that lineage who will reign forever. Then Isaiah continues, and if we read all the scriptures in Isaiah that refers to this, we're going to see some of them now, how uh, God's plan is then established in, in this. Isaiah 11, verse 1 to 5. I'm going to read a, a, few, a few verses out of that. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, that's David's father, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. And the spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. The spirit, the spirit, the spirit. We see what kind of king Isaiah is prophesying. Verse 5. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and the faithfulness uh, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. Isaiah 9, verse 6 and 7 reads, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government sh uh, shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Amazing. The promise is continually made through Scripture until eventually it is completed. The king that was promised through Scripture is eventually identified as Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Or as John writes in the book of Revelation, chapter 19, verse 16, on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This is when Isaiah, uh, Samuel, Isaiah, eventually we get to Revelation and John at the end of what we call the Bible writes this, this story, writes this statement. And on his thigh is written this. Jesus is then declared as king in John chapter 18, verse 36 to 37. Let me just read a few excerpts out of that. My kingdom is not of this world, is what Jesus uh, 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 tells Pilate. Then verse 37, it says, then Pilate said to him, so you are a king. Listen to how Jesus answers. You say that I am a king. Already this is happening. Jesus is starting to proclaim himself. He's starting to, to declare his own kingship without saying it out, outright uh, all the time because others will say it of him. Ephesians 1 verse 20 to 21. He worked in Christ 
When he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Listen to this. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named. Not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Jesus is exalted above all. His name is above every name in Philippians. He has all authority, all power in Matthew. His rule as king is above any other rule. Hebrews 1 verse 3 to 4. Are you keeping up, up with me? Oh, brilliant. He's the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the power of his, uh, by the word of his, uh, of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. His name is above theirs and his, and, and his superiority is, is much more than theirs. There's an emphasis on the absolute power that Jesus has, the superiority of his name. There is an emphasis by the writer of Hebrews. Prophesying about Jesus in Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 to 14. Verse 14, And to him was given dominion and glory and, and a kingdom. Dominion and glory and a kingdom. That all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. Ever. We saw in Revelation that Jesus was not just king. He was a king of kings. He is, was above all. Listen to what John writes in Revelation 1, 5 and 6. From Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth. <laughs> this is our king. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom. We get to walk in his kingdom. He says, Preach that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is right here. As we walk in his kingdom, we get to be part of his kingdom. We get to be his kingdom because he is the king of this kingdom. He is our king. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Luke 19 Already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples, so it's not the 12, his disciples, began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, <laughs> saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, teacher, rebuke your disciples. <laughs> and he answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. 
If these were silent, the stones would cry out. Such is the king that is, that is uh, uh, moving through the, these streets. Jesus is the promised king from God. The promise made to David, the promise confirmed by the prophets, he is the king who rightly reigns forever in God's kingdom. Behold your king. His name is Jesus.